І от ви питали, як так може бути. Так може бути тому, що Донбас взагалі регіон, який, ну, це не просто депресивний регіон, розумієте, там настільки великий комплекс таких грона проблем, і головніше, наприклад, тому, що там просто дика кількість абсолютно непотрібних людей. Ви економі, повірте, я абсолютно свідомо про це говорю. От якщо брати навіть чисто Донецьку область, там приблизно 4 мільйони населення. Що не менше мільйона півтора, там просто зайвих людей. Прошу хочу сказати, нам не треба розуміти Донбас, нам треба розуміти взагалі український національний інтерес. А Донбас треба просто використати як ресурс, який треба... Відповідно, з приводу розуміння Донбасу. Мені здається, що, ну, в мене немає зрозуміння жодного рецепту, що тут можна зробити швидко, але найголовніше, що треба зробити в даний момент, як це там жорстоко не призвучить, є певна категорія людей, яких треба просто вбити. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I've got a really important update on two stories, in fact, two that we've been covering in regard to Ukraine, but we have some interesting information coming in right now about uh, Mariupol specifically in regard to the, the second I, I first framed it as CNN's second Mariupol uh, witness, but it's more than just CNN. It's coming out from a lot of different angles, from a lot of different locations. But we're also going to talk about the, the missile strike on the train station again and how the evidence is compiling and continuing to show what we have been discussing and theorizing and considering. And now the evidence is just undeniably clear. But just like before, they're just jumping right past it. We're now jumping into the next part of the story. No one wants to look back. And if you point at it and say, didn't you know that was manipulated? Oh, you conspiracy theorist. Oh, you pro-Russian shill. The, the facts don't matter inside of that manipulation. I don't believe everybody's in that manipulation, though. I think most people are aware of this and don't realize that they're not part of that manipulated minority. That's just what I believe. And I've said that during COVID as well. We'll go through the evidence as always. The reason I played that clip today to start again is because I have a small segment today where we're going to touch on that clip again, because... There was already a fact check. I know one of these opinion checks done by these groups telling you that's fake news. And it's not, though. Even their fact check says that it's not fake news. It's, it's one of those fantastic ones. We'll go into that today and show you all of this. We'll finish with a couple important points about more coming out around the Oz of Italian and what's going on in these areas they're controlling and what they're doing to these people. And the evidence just is endless, as well as a couple of interesting points to finish off in regard to where it's going in the Great Reset direction and around the information of uh, inflation and, and a couple of other things happening or bill, almost a, another billion dollars flying out of your pockets to go to Ukraine while people can't feed their families. You know, this is constant. Now, what's interesting is I already got somebody asking me, I'll actually show you in this clip or one of these tweets, why I'm defending or why I'm attacking the country being invaded. This is the kind of obtuse perception that is only there if you're tapped into a manipulated situation like the two-party paradigm and you're not really looking at what we're saying. You're not actually diving through the information and listening because it's pretty stupid to say that we're attacking anybody for that matter, but let alone Ukraine, right? As I said, if you paid attention at all, it would be unbelievably clear or maybe astoundingly clear, I said, that I'm pointing out, or if you want to say attacking 
the U.S. government's agenda, the CIA's agenda, and how they're using Ukraine. We see they don't see that. And the problem is that they're choosing not to in a lot of different ways. And this is the same kind of thing we saw with COVID. And it's not just one side of this paradigm. It's people that are stuck in it. So let's go through the evidence today and let people decide for themselves. And then we have to just continue to remain like this, objective, and continue to do our best, even when mistakes happen. Because the point is we have to continue to try to find the truth through all of the, I mean, at this point, not just misinformation, but attempts to trick people up. And this is what this is what they argue is more conspiratorial, even as they dive through a thousand different conspiracy theories in reality, where they're just subjectively pointing at things about Putin and bullets and all this different stuff, but that there's actually efforts out there to create things so to make it look like we aren't doing our job. People may not think that's real, but I promise you it is. Just like censorship wasn't real until it was everywhere, right? This stuff is absolutely happening. And there's if you don't think that the pe- groups like the CIA who plan these long-term agendas and discuss how they do them, but only in the context of bad guys over there and are telling you we're lying to you. I just saw a really great clip actually from um, uh, um, Redacted Tonight, uh, Lee Camp. Now, unfortunately, I, didn't, I was going to play it, but I chose not to because there's a bunch of things in there that I just you know, partisan stuff, climate change conversation, things that I don't agree with. But overall, it's a really great video because he's just really focusing on Ukraine for the most part. Most of those were jokes anyway in regard to the things I didn't agree with. But the point was that he really harps on the fact that it's it's obvious. We all know it and everybody sees it. And the point is that we just are choosing to take what they're saying at face value. And the point of his video was making it clear. The thing that we just played the other day, they're admitting to you right now that they are lying. But of course, because they're the good guys, we're not lying. We're using uncertain intelligence to to play the game with Putin. That's lying. They're lying to you and they're openly telling you that now. Smith Modernization Act, whatever you want to talk about. Because the point is, if you don't know what that is, that it's an act where they basically legalize being able to lie to you. The, the Smith-Munt Act was about not being able to propagandize Americans. They they changed that, the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, as they always do to make it sound like it was a good thing and all they did was legalize propagandizing Americans for national security. The point is that that's always been there. Whether they put that on paper or not, they were already lying to you. They were already propagandizing you. All they did now was write into law. So if it really ever came down to it, they could be like, we weren't breaking the law, right? We are allowed to lie to you. That story you saw today, tonight, yesterday on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, it could be 100% top to bottom fake news from whole cloth. Fake the video, fake people, fake everything, as long as they argue it's for national security. They don't have to tell the people they're doing it. I don't know why we can't factor these things in. I mean, I do know why, but unfortunately, people choose not to. So when we go through this today again, just factor that in and keep chipping away, keep planting those seeds and letting people see the information. Because pe- trust me, guys, people are breaking through. I know it's hard to see. Like even, even my opening yesterday, I mean, I'm sure you guys felt it. I, I go through my ebbs and flows as well, where I'm like feeling beat down. Are we reaching people? And I, I believe we are. I know that we are. Every day I get more emails and more messages saying, thank God we found your channel or thank God we found the independent media and other people in your circles or thank God we found Derek Rose or thank God we found Whitney Webb or I'm sure plenty of other people in independent media get the same kind of messaging. It's not just T-Lab. They are seeing this. They just don't want you to see that they're seeing this. Now, enough bloviation here. Let's start off with the discussion of Mariupol. I think this is a really important one. Because of how we've already covered this. Now, this was a discussion we just had. This is the, the uh, this was, let me see the date real quick, from April 2nd on my birthday, 2022. 
COVID PSYOP has been exposed. Ukraine's defensive bioweapons, which is just unbelievable that they actually said this, by the way, that got quickly put. No one even focused on it because it was like in between a couple of different stories. But they actually came out and said that there was no, no, we don't have any offensive bioweapons there. And they literally said offensive bio, but I don't want to get distracted by that right now. USAID caught in Ukraine fake news. Okay, the point is, this is not denied. This is 100% true. They just act like we're being, I don't know, cruel, mean by saying just because they work for the government of the U.S. that there's no reason we should question their story, which is just utterly naive and ridiculous. Now, I'm not saying because she is working for she worked and works for USAID that that therefore means that she's lying. I never once said that because I often believe these people believe their stories. Doesn't all I can't prove which way it is. Maybe they're lying. Maybe they know they're lying. But the next example, I actually sort my gut tells me that she believes what she's being told. But she has been completely manipulated by the apparatus of the Western, or specifically in this case, the U.S. government propaganda, and how they've used her. In this case, she works for USAID, and she was the one person that CNN and plenty of other people continued to run around and and put out in the middle and put center stage. Survived the Mariupol theater bombing. Now. It's possible that she's telling the truth. Sure. You should always consider that. But what you should balance it with that they're not doing. And first of all, they never told you she worked for the government, which is absolutely necessity if you're an actual journalist. But the point is, there is an endless waterfall, as I keep showing you, of people coming out of Mariupol specifically saying they shot us. They raped us. They robbed us. They stole from us. They all, I mean, over and over and over and over and over. Now, yes, all of it could be fake. Now, these are just ones that I had up from before, but there's an endless stream here, guys, that I'm going to show you a little bit more today. I believe it was right here. This this is another individual that's been posting these. Now, for those in the podcast, I mean, I could just, I literally can sit here and scroll fast for probably five minutes. And it's every single one of them. A lot of these you've seen. Every single one of these videos you're seeing. And I'm not making this up, guys. This goes forever. They are all saying the same thing. In this case, here's even the, the discussion of that woman from the maternity ward, the testimony of the young pregnant woman. I'm going to go through some, most of this and finish up with this main one here where there's another journalist telling you, yes, these people are murdering people in Donbass. And it's unbelievable how much evidence is being ignored right now. And just evidence, because sure, evidence can be manipulated. I personally, I, I feel like we're a level of proof at this point because of how much and how hard this would be. But I want you to come to your own conclusions about it. Now, the point was that there is <laughs> so much evidence of people saying the opposite. Just waterfalls, I keep saying. It just never stops, is my point. That's why I use that analogy, because they're still coming out. They're still coming out of Mariupol, and people are just happening across them, whether it's Patrick Lancaster or an endless number of people. There's new people coming into this every day. They're just going out there, are already there, and walking around and interviewing people, and you're finding the same things. I mean, I can't even find videos of those kind of random interactions where there's people going, Russians hurt us. Now, how does that even make sense? Now, on the other side of it, you're getting this kind of stuff, and this you got this one, and she works for USAID, right? Well, here's the next one where, turns out, she's directly connected to the U.S. government. Not only just the U.S. government, but Joe Biden, John Kerry. And specifically shown next to them the month after the regime change. And I'll show you a couple other great points. Now, this was just sent to me. I see this circulating in general. This is March 31st. So I, I, it's just funny how these things kind of fall under the radar. This is from, a, from CNN posting this clip. So let's watch this first. Her name is Alina Veskorovna. 
Let me ask you now about your escape. You, you went through, I understand, 11 Russian checkpoints to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Could you describe that journey? Uh, yeah. We went through two Ukrainian and 16 Russian checkpoints, so 18 total. I made right. sure to count just to have the exact number. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drove out on the morning, 7 a.m. on the 23rd of March. Uh, I was the one driving one, one vehicle just because there were not enough drivers. Uh, it was private cars that were lucky enough to have enough fuel to get us to Zaporizhia because there's a, it, impossible to buy fuel anywhere from Mariupol to Zaporizhia. You know, really quickly, like, wouldn't you just love to hear what these families in the side shot are saying? Isn't that interesting? You just never get these impromptu organic engagements because then like guy will say like, oh, 420, <laughs> I'm fine. You know, like not what they want out of it, right? So, and then that's just what I keep seeing. I'm referencing that jo- that video where the Sky News lady goes, oh my God, they're so upset. What do you have to say? And he's like, 420, <laughs> you like weed? And it's just like, it's just clear the guy's not really, anyway, the point is it's these kind of things not, I'm not saying we can prove that she doesn't believe what she's going through or that she didn't go through everything she's talking about. But what interests me is how what you'll hear from the story, the second half of it here, is that it, it's not really about it's, – it's her being scared of something. You know, we're so lucky that nothing happened, that Russians didn't do anything to us. We were just – we had to hide our phones just in case they may have looked at them. Like none of it really screams like I was being attacked. There's danger here. Or really at the end of the day that she is being told that she should be scared of the situation. As opposed to there actually being like, but there's a lot going around. There's a lot of conversations with her and other channels. And the point being that what she ultimately says contradicts what everybody else seems to be saying. Now, I, that's all I'm saying. Take it for what you will. You can believe her and discount literally everybody else you're seeing. That's your choice. But the reality is you should not be sitting here going, this is absolute truth. And I'm going to ignore all the other people. You should be going, well, Somebody's telling the truth and somebody's lying. And if we have this much evidence on one side of this and, and this small amount of evidence on the other, you should consider that and ask yourself, well, maybe that means there's more evidence suggests that there's more likely. I don't know why you wouldn't. And then walk away going, if you want to, we don't know yet. We should wait for more evidence. But that's not what happens. Every single thing that says the opposite of what she's saying is deemed Russian fake news without ever proving that, which is what Lee Camp was saying in his video. Like whether or not, and this is his point, the same thing that I'm saying. Nobody is saying we support the war. Nobody's saying I support Russia invading Ukraine or nobody in this circle. Plenty of people are. I'm not. I do not support war. I do not agree with any of this because I believe all of them are taking advantage of the situation. The point is that whether or not you support Ukraine or Russia or whatever else, shouldn't you still want the truth? Shouldn't you want to not be lied to by the Western press? Shouldn't it be dishonest? Inherently it is, but shouldn't it be wrong for the U.S. government to just blatantly lie because they're fighting Putin's information war? And then for the Western press who knows they just said they're lying to then report that as fact? They're all being dishonest. Why would you even watch the news anymore if you're even doing that still? If you know they know they're lying to you. That was his his point and it was a pretty good video. It's utterly ridiculous. Sorry, I I just went off on a tangent. Let's keep watching this. And uh, I saw, I saw Russians with my very eyes. I made sure to never speak Ukrainian with them because that would endanger my life and the life of my passengers. But you just drive past, you know, a summer camp you went to, your high school, and it's all absolutely destroyed. In- okay, so she, so she saw Russians with her very eyes. I don't think anybody is disputing that Russians are present, right? I mean, there's, there's no allegations of actual crime. So there's destruction, right? So the point is because destruction, therefore Russia did it. Why? 
because it's absolutely unheard of for these open neo-Nazi extremists to do what they said they were going to do before this all started, right? For burn down, uh, not even tanks, but just like pieces and remnants of tanks and private cars and bodies just lying over uh, on the streets. And you just hope and pray and you don't make eye contact with the Russians and you just hope they don't go through your camera so you can get some evidence out of it. It's just constantly. I mean, like, right. So where's that? Right. I mean, there, if, if we have endless amounts coming out left and right from every possible direction and they're acting like this, we I mean, where is that? Anyway, the point is, this is their story and this is circulating. There's different versions of it. And it's on every possible channel you can find right now. A Ukrainian from besieged Mariupol. Her story of her perilous escape through Russian checkpoints, which really amounts to them driving out. Perilous. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish that she's upset and she's scared and that she thinks maybe her life was in danger. Probably was in a war zone. I'm not trying to diminish that at all. But it just doesn't really seem to be the way that they're trying to frame this, especially when you've got people coming out of the exact same location. I mean, literally the same location. Because th- there's, I mean, I'm not... Th- you can go back to the other st- I think I do have one up about her previous discussions. I do, actually. The point being that they're saying the opposite. They're saying that these are the very people that hurt them, and the Russians gave them food and gave them this and gave them that, and it's everywhere. You can decide for yourself what makes more sense. Now, here is a video from May 8, 2013, on the U.S. Embassy Kiev YouTube channel. So I'm just going to play the very beginning of this. This is a flex program. This is a U.S. government program, basically one of these youth programs that they do around the world, which we all know what they truly are. I mean, these things in no way have ever been about helping the youth. I mean, let's put it this way. If it does amount to helping them in some way, it's, at, it's all in the, in the interest of helping the U.S. government agenda, first and foremost. And then if it helps them, then so be it. I mean, let's be real about that. This is about brainwashing children and, and adolescents in foreign countries to be pro-Western, pro, pro anti the group they don't want them to be aligned with. If you can't admit that to yourself, and you're going to, I'm surprised you can tie your shoes in the morning. This is obvious reality stuff that they've admitted to, by the way, against bad guys, though, right? That's the point. So listen to this. I just want you to hear one part about this I found interesting. New generation of Flex alumni. This is Alina. Actually, yes, right here. Okay, I'd now like to uh, invite the the new generation of Flex alumni. This is Alina Bizkrovda from Flex 2007 to the stage. Please, Alina. Now, and and by, by the way, just so it's clear, for those that might want to quibble about this flex program, just take a quick look right over here and you can see the, the U.S. government, State Department emblem. I mean, and, you know, this is this whether you want to pretend this is, you know, there in my opinion, and this is my opinion, there is no innocent involvement of the U.S. government, the State Department, the CIA in any kind of foreign engagement, whether it's for youth groups or whatever else. This is always a means to an end. Whether you realize that or not, I could be wrong. Certainly, I think it's pretty verifiable, but I just want you to know that's my opinion here. So this is clearly tied to the U.S. government. Honored yes, I do. <laughs> Honored guests, my dear flexors, dear friends. Wow, what an honor to be present at the 20th anniversary of this amazing program. It has changed my life 
and I think it applies to all of us. Okay, so my point here is simply, this is kind of why I feel like this person feels, I mean, she. It, let's look at it this way. I'm just making this up, just so we're clear. Let's say she was completely destitute, right? Lived with, had barely eking by, and then this thing changes her life, this whole program, and then she's part of some big thing, and, you know, she feels like this, and it may, probably did change her life. So that is going to influence whether or not she will defend this and those behind it. So just think about that. So now, when they put it to her today, Right. Oh, you're in Mariupol. Right. Let's let's, you know, they reach out. Hey, we would like you to say some things. Well, here's where we're coming from this. Let's not pretend like whether the media or the government, they wouldn't say it's important that you say these things as they're openly telling you they're making things up to fight their information war. Why do you think that they wouldn't guide and influence what they're going to tell you on the show? Come on. You know, that's the reality. So my point would be that they're going to reach out. My opinion here, and they're going to say, we need you to sell this for us. Not a fake story, but we need you to let, we need you to, you know, do it for the, for our, I mean, it wouldn't be the American people. She's not American, but do it for our program. Do it for what we believe in. Do it for the freedom of Ukraine. We need you to step up and we need you to say this. Not fake in her mind, right? But just, you know, selling the narrative. We know that this happens. That's all I'm saying. Not that I can prove she did that or they said that to her, but right out of the gate, if you have the second witness, and it's the only ones that they're highlighting, and both of them are directly tied, in fact, one working directly for the government, the other one tied directly to a program around the U.S. government training children in these countries, how does that even make sense? Why would you not walk away going, well, that's obviously suspicious, as we have endless amounts of people saying the opposite? Maybe it's that she just didn't see it, and she believes that she's telling the truth. Either way, it's very suspect. It changed her life. So then here's John Kerry's tweet from 2014, March 20th, right next to Elena Biskorovna. That's her right there. They are walking in Maidan Square. Right? This is the rough, this is right after the US backed regime change, which, by the way, which they ridiculously call the revolution of dignity, despite the fact that they literally murdered their own people and blamed it on somebody else and had a, you know, Nazi marches through. I mean, it's just ridiculous the way that they, you know, Patriot Act. <laughs> they just, here's what you're supposed to think about this. It's dignity revolution. It says they took place, it took place in Ukraine February, 2014, which you know, right? So barely two weeks later, they're walking through, or more, uh, no, excuse me, a little more than two weeks later, they are walking through the square side by side with the very person who is now the, one of the key witnesses about what happened in Mariupol. Just come on. Now, this one is from a Youth Council Ukraine post that she made to one of her accounts discussing NAUKMA or Kiev Myola Academy. Where she, in, in, uh, this is the next month. So March 20th, they're walking through the square, right? Um, one day less than a full month later, would you like to ask the U.S. Vice President Joe Biden a specific question? Youth Council Ukraine has made it possible for you, right? So let's, I, I mean, knowing how the Azov Battalion has been training a bunch of young children to be extremists and arming them and using children's, child soldiers and the Youth Council Ukraine doesn't have a nice ring to it, but has made it possible for you. Use the form below. Basically, Alina Baskrovna setting up a, a Q&A for Joe Biden? Here is the actual location of the, the NAUKMA University. 
just want to point out an exact not this is not the first one because we can see that the, the flex program itself is tied to the state department but 2018 iu awarded state department grant to develop implement academic programs in ukraine it says the national university of kiev Mahola Academy, known as NAUKMA in Ukraine, uh, Kiev, Ukraine, has been awarded a U.S. Department of State grant of just under $1 million to support and design and implement and implementation of academic programs in government communications in Ukraine. Academic programs in government communications? What does that even mean? IU will contribute an additional $360,000 to the project. I mean, bottom line, however you want to see this, that is the State Department directly involved with the very place that she is hosting or working with the Youth Council Group. There's a plenty of connections here. By the way, also it says right here, I found interesting, just this is the exact school where it says the university is known as a pro-Western school and served as headquarters for the Orange Revolution activists. Shocking. It just it just becomes pretty obvious to me, guys. Finally, March, excuse me, February 25th, 2022. We know that the day of infamy, right? The day that this all, technically the 24th, 25th, when Russia began this or really was finally gave in to the pressure and poking and, and red line crossing that drove them to take action in this country. Russia military takes control of major Kiev airport, which by the way is completely, well, Far as I can tell, and the research that I've done, the idea that they pushed into Kiev specifically is completely made up. There's been people that are walking the streets and proving this to you since the beginning of this. And that's why they pretend that we pushed them back and we defeated them. And, you, and really all the bombings they keep saying they're hearing, it's very suspicious seeing as how they weren't there. But leave that alone for now. The point is, look who they reach out to. All right, this is, this is a 69 News. It says... Excuse me, where was it? Right here. So February 25th, elsewhere in Ukraine, a grad from this or league university grad is living in the eastern part of the state right now. Well, look at that. Elena Baskrovna says that she's been hearing explosions coming from just outside the city. Is that interesting? As it seems to be backing up a narrative that's been shown to not be true. She says Ukraine is staying strong as her fellow countrymen pick up arms to defend their home. Wasn't that interesting? So she ends up being one of the very first people they tap into right when this starts and then just happens to be the key witness in one of the largest false flags that seems to have carried out. What do you know? Now, I'll let you guys continue to look into this for yourselves, but I think it's pretty seriously obvious that this is suspect, especially since there is an endless amount of people saying the opposite and they keep giving you people that work for the U.S. government and not telling you that, right? That's the key point. No one told you she works for USAID. No one in this clip is telling you she, that she has direct ties to many people in the U.S. government that directly were involved in the regime change in 2014. Come on. Okay, next point. I want to go over this. This is the clip I played in the beginning. Apparently, this has been debunked. So like, like so many doctors' entire lives throughout COVID-19, they've just been debunked. They're fake news forever, no matter what they say, because they've been debunked. Right. This is this stupid, childish mentality that a person's life could be debunked because one fact opinion checker says so. But here's this happening again. OK, so just so we're clear. I've checked this with multiple people. This is this is what this guy is saying. And by the way, the fact check admits that that's what he's saying. What I find hilarious is that people that want to point to the fact check because they don't read it and they look at the thing and go, oh, I knew it was fake. And they post it and say fake. And then when you go but it says in there that he did say it. And they go, oh, it's about the context. 
It's like, well, yeah, but you didn't say that. You said fake, and now it's about context? Like, this is ridiculous. In a matter of two tweets, you can go from you're not real to being like, well, it is real, but it's for context. That's exactly like happens with the Azov Battalion. I thought they weren't Nazis, but now they are, but you don't understand? I don't understand how these people can't realize how they're being naive, how they're being hypocritical. I think most of them do, and they're just afraid to be seen to be wrong. But in any case, let me play this again for people that didn't see the opening, because this is important. This is a journalist in 2014 telling you that the people in the Donbass region are superfluous, that they need to be got, ext killed, exterminated. There's, no real, there's really no misunderstanding this, however you want to frame it. And by the way, I will give you the context, and the point is that uh, I'll, get, I'll get into the rest of it about how Everything that goes on Twitter is edited. It's longer than two minutes, guys. So it's funny that when they want to, they go, oh, it's been edited. And that means you shouldn't even look at it. Except they post edited clips all the time. It's just everything that's edited that goes on Twitter. And that's why it's clear that you need to post a link along with it, which is what I always talk about. In any case, here's this clip again. Це не просто депресивний регіон, розумієте, там настільки великий комплекс таких грона проблем, і головніше, наприклад, тому, що там просто дика кількість абсолютно непотрібних людей. Ви okay. повірте, я абсолютно свідомо про це говорю. От якщо брати навіть чисто Донецьку область, там приблизно 4 мільйони населення. Що не менше мільйона півтора, там просто зайвих людей. Що хочу сказати, нам не треба розуміти Донбас, нам треба розуміти взагалі український національний інтерес. А Донбас треба просто використати як ресурс. Які треба відповідно з приводу розуміння Донбасу. Мені здається, що ну в мене нема зрозуміння жодного рецепту, що тут можна зробити швидко. Але ем, найголовніше, що треба зробити е, в даний момент, е, як це там жорстоко не призвучить, є певне є певна категорія людей, яких треба просто вбити. Don't worry about the opening there. <laughs> okay, so the point is this guy is sitting there discussing this and, and telling you exactly what he thinks. And, and of course, it is clipped. Because, it, well, first of all, I'm not the one that made the video, the YouTube version of it. This was a clip that was put on Twitter, right? And then, and then this is where you can trace it back to the larger video, which, by the way, is what he's saying. That's why there was no need to play out a 30-minute interview to get the, the point is that he said this. Now, why did he say this? Does, does it matter? Yes, of course it does. But if it comes down to the fact that he is saying that this entire group of people aren't useful and should be gotten rid of, I don't really see what you can add to that to make it not as real as it really is. But they're sure trying. So here, first of all, actually, let's, uh, well, here, let's, first of all, oh, here, I'll end with that. More stuff in here. Oh, no, that's right. I did move it up. The point was that it's not like we need just this one video, right? We've shown you over and over and over what they're actually saying, right? Here is, again, one of the, the current advisor to Zelensky telling you that they that ISIL is somebody to be to be uh, mirrored, right? He respects the way that they carry themselves out. ISIS knows how to work, how to manipulate, and we should be modeling them. That's what he's saying right there. It's also him telling you right here how to emotionally manipulate you into doing what they want. We lie to you. We use emotional manipulation. We make you feel guilty. This is what he's saying. This is real time. These people are manipulators. Right. Or here is, again, S or C-14, a group directly connected with the Azov Battalion, as well as the Ukrainian government telling you we do this because we like killing, because we're being paid to do it, because we like we don't care about what they keep saying we care about. It's obvious. You don't just get this endless amount of groupings of people standing up from their side and saying, yes, we are what they say we're not and just ignore it. 
That's stupid. I mean, that that means you care more about the political narrative than you do about the actual verifiable reality on the ground, which is clearly what's happening. But my point in showing you those was that it's not just one little clip that we're taking out of context, which is what they're saying. It's everywhere, guys. It's all over the place. That being said, I posted this clip, which hopefully you guys can, can share because it's important to see. This 2014 clip, and by the way, that's my, look at how obvious that is. Nobody is pretending this wasn't edited. I mean, you can see this gigantic, like right there, look at that. That is a clear cutaway, guys. Nobody's pretending it wasn't edited. This 2014 clip from Ukraine broadcaster, uh, however you pronounce that, this is a Ukrainian journalist explaining why the people of Donbass are, his own words, superfluous and should be exterminated. And I said very clearly, do not assume my point or intentions. This is about clarity and understanding person says, fake. The video conversation has been edited to make him say what you claim. Does anybody misunderstand that? Maybe he misunderstood his own words. We don't. Nobody anywhere else can. That's fake means fake. He's saying it's edited to change what he's saying. Okay. And I said, "Did did you even read it? It admits he said it. They just argue context. Now, I'm not arguing in that point that context wasn't important. What I'm saying is that is contradictory to what he said. Fake is different than context, right? The clip is obviously edited. It's on Twitter, bud. Now, of course, every time I do that, I regret it because I'm just <laughs> trying to be diminishing and I shouldn't do it, but I get frustrated like anybody else. The reason I regret it every time is because it undermines the point and I get that. But it says, of course, they call them terrorists, which is I'll show you in a minute just like Israel calls all Palestinians terrorists. Just because you frame them as terrorists does not justify it. Pretty clear. Context is everything, but now the funny part is, oh, and of course, here's where I clip this and show you literally what they say he said, and I'll show you that next. My point, though, is that you go from fake, fake, to it's edited to, well, context. In a matter of, I mean, look, that's not even, I mean, that's the same hour. This was a matter of minutes. Your entire worldview changes and I'm still wrong? I just don't even know how you combat that. Either this person knows he's wrong and doesn't care, and then you shouldn't even argue with him, or they have somehow rationalized that they were right, even though they just, in the middle of the conversation, were shown that they didn't. It's just staggering to me. But here is, oh, and there was, this is another point somebody made. It says, weird, the majority of your criticisms are toward the country being invaded. See my point from before? Eight or more shows on a thousand Azov Nazis. Again, it's just so sad how these people have no idea what they're talking about. Even the corporate media are putting them at tens of thousands. In all, in all said and done, even 11,000 I've seen on in regard to Azov, which is ridiculous. Seeing as how they have an entire political party called the National Corps or Svoboda, which is not Azov Battalion, but definitely openly neo-Nazi or the right sector or Georgia Legion. Like he would, The point is that's Greek to him right now. That's almost RT levels. My point was, had you even remotely paid attention or done even the smallest due diligence, it would be astoundingly clear that I'm criticizing the U.S. government, the CIA and their agenda, and how they're using Ukraine. But you're clearly blinded by your own false certainty. Now, my problem here, guys, is that what's happening is that they look at the titles like this, for example, and think that I'm, like I was just talking about this, from their partisan mindset, assume that I am promoting the mainstream agenda. That's the problem with the two-party paradigm. So my point here going forward is that these people are what we're trying to reach. But it's, 
I don't want to say impossible, but the problem is that this stuff is all right in front of them. Like, so here is the point. This is the fact check. Russian video montage. Here's what it says. According to it, now, of course, the problem is they blame one website, LifeSite News, you know, which is plenty of stuff that you should look at, Life News anyway, instead of the actual channel that it came from, by the way, right? It's Life News' fault for pointing at what he said. <laughs> it's silly because it's a Russian channel. Therefore, it's fake that he said. No, it's, I don't even know what that means. This is according to it, the Ukrainian journalist allegedly said, the Donbass is just a depressed region. There we have a large complex of problems, and the main thing there is an incredible number of unnecessary people. I'm aware of what I'm talking about. Speaking only about the Donetsk region, there are approximately 4 million people there and at least 1.5 million of unnecessary people. I want to say that we do not have to understand the Donbass. We have to understand the Ukrainian national interest. And it seems to me the Donbass should be used as a resource. I have no strict recipe that what we will do quickly, but the main thing that we have to do now, no matter what how cruel it would sound in the Donbass, there is a certain category of people that should just be killed. Okay. So you might assume that they would go forward and say, none of that was true. <laughs> Except that's not at all what they say. They go over a lot of other things and they say, oh, and here's a Russian channel doing it too and pointing at this and calling them Nazi. Like none of, uh, you can read it for yourself, right? Only until here does it come back to the point and it says, we decided to examine what the Ukrainian journalist said on this channel. And of course, one of the counterpoints was that the anger woman wasn't embarrassed by his words, which I don't even know how you go about proving that wasn't true. It's just, this is so abstract and ridiculous, but I argue that's one of the reasons they pretend this has been debunked, that we prove that she wasn't embarrassed or whatever. But here's the point. It appears on this channel. He goes on and they here. It says, firstly, the video had three edit transitions as if they caught this. You see what I'm saying? It meant that it was not a continuous speech, but four different fragments. Oh, no, what a bombshell. How did you possibly get swayed by this? It's just silly. Of course it was edited. It was obviously edited. If they wanted to hide that, they wouldn't have put this gigantic washing edit screen where it slides back and forth every time it changes the scene. First, that's their first point about how it's been debunked. Then it goes on to say, secondly, the original video lasted about 32 minutes. So the same point, essentially. Even if you excluded it from seven-minute Skype conversation with another journalist, you could see that comparing it to the 40-second video, that it was longer. Yeah, you just said that. It's edited. We got it. <laughs> In no way does that suggest that he didn't say what he obviously said. You see where this goes? This is absurd. Now we get into the part where it goes, special attention should be paid to the video starting at 19 minutes. And they go on to quote what he says. It says, there are an incredible number of unnecessary people there. Now, look, it doesn't really matter how you're framing this. I mean, it does matter. The point is, he's saying these people are useless. How do you not see that as exactly what we're talking about? Especially since there are literally open neo-Nazi groups and Nazi groups and extremist fascist groups that are <laughs> saying they shouldn't be there, whether he is saying that right now or not. And he is, by the way. He goes on to say, speaking only about the Dunyaks region, there are approximately 4 million people there, and at least 1.5 million of them are unnecessary people. Yes, that's what he said. Goes on to say, and part I didn't highlight, they will never have a job there. The Donbass is our resource. Oh, is it now? Those people don't matter? They're just resources to you? Does that sound like what anybody would say this is about? You're, you're acting like they're just a bunch of chattel to be used. Why would that not offend people? If this was in reverse and this was anywhere else, and let's just say the United States in an entirely black region, and they're just going, yeah, they're useless and we don't need them. It's our resource. We just need them out of the way. Let's, not, let's pretend like they wouldn't call that racism, right? It says, and it is our problem 
that we cannot use it. Right, so it's who cares about the people living there. It's our resource, get out of the way. Yes, this is what we're saying. We give this resource to the bunch of well-to-do monsters from party top bureaucracy, which join the local criminal clans. There is a certain category of people that should be killed. That, I mean, how do you misunderstand that? This is their fact check? Basically, they just reiterate that he did say it, but you just didn't see the full video where he adds that they're terrorists? Exactly. The Donbass always went on strike for food. If you give them food, they will stop protests. So we can understand that he's basically, they're saying that he's basically calling them terrorists. Okay, my point is the same. Just because you just name every single one of them terrorists, including that child that was just born, he's a terrorist now, right? That's how stupid that is. That you just call them all terrorists, therefore it's okay to, to pretend that we could just murder all of them because we need their resources? This is disgusting. And anybody out there that's pretending and trying to play, look, I mean, exactly what they're trying to point at me and say, mental gymnastics, you are literally gaslighting for genocide. You're a disgusting person if you can't see that, or you are hopefully you're trying not to recognize that you don't want to be, I mean, I don't want to say they're disgusting people because they're lying to themselves. But if you can't see that you're basically allowing genocide by pretending that your side isn't the way you can't, you, pretending it's not what it obviously is, that's gross. And hopefully they will see that. But here's how it finishes. Apparently the journalist reacted to this on his own Facebook page. He says, quote, as for killing, I said that terrorists who took guns and with whom we cannot reach agreement should be killed. That's not what he said, by the way. Now, you can watch the full video for yourself. What they're doing is saying that these people are not, not that they, or they just tried to have some political diplomatic discussion and they wouldn't agree. These people are less than them. And every single sentiment that drips out of his mouth is talking about that. And it's obvious. Please find a Ukrainian or a Russian and ask them for yourselves. Specifically Ukrainian in this case, but they rush, most Russians, it crosses over. My point is that it's obvious what is actually being discussed. And he even reiterates that by simply going, well, we did say that, but it's because we're saying they're terrorists. And yes, they should be killed. Yet what he says on his own page. It says, Stanko understood that he was talking about terrorists that should be killed and about 1.5 million unnecessary people that have no job. Well, gee, I wonder why they're having problems in that area while they're being bombed for eight years straight, while they're being attacked and undermined and starved and manipulated. Yeah, there's no reason they wouldn't. It's, it's like pointing at the Palestinian people and going, gee, why are they all so lazy in Gaza? Why don't they have any jobs? That's how stupid this is. But you see, just like it was before, it took all this time, and even still right now, for people to fully understand what was really happening in Gaza. The endless, tireless work of people like Robert Imlikesh is finally breaking through. And the average people, even on the two-party paradigm, are pretty aware that no, not everyone in Palestine is a terrorist. That yes, Palestine definitely was the place it was before they occupied it illegally. All of this is easily proven. It took a long time for that to break through. It was the exact opposite before. I remember people like Laura Loomer on some kind of interview actually arguing that every single person there was a terrorist. Not just, you know, colloquially, like literally saying they're literal terrorists, every one of them, everyone, even the baby born yesterday. How do you possibly stand by that? But then it goes on to say, that's why she was so calm. You see, that's like their final argument. Well, she wasn't embarrassed at all because he said we should murder them because they're terrorists. I got it. Every one of them. Finally, it says, thirdly, are you sold by now, right? Is it what a fact check it was, right? This interview was recorded on April 29th. I'm not even joking. This is the same point in the beginning again. And the, the edited video was uploaded to the internet on July 31st, three months later. 
Okay, we get it. It was edited. It's old. It's not new. It says 2014 on everything that's posted it. But that's it, guys. That's your opinion check. So he definitely said it. They admit he says it. But it's okay because he just says they're all terrorists. So it's okay. That is your fact check. That's, I mean, I just, yeah, context is everything. You're, you're damn right. Anyway, this is the kind of mental gymnastics and equivocation that we're getting right now. So keep pushing and keep letting people see what's really going on because it's pretty obvious. Now, on to the train station. Now, we've already talked about this, Scott Ritter being censored for pointing out the obvious, and he was clearly ahead of this story. As we've seen before, if you haven't already seen it, this is using the Azimuth mathematical kind of you know uh, formula. That's the word I was trying to say the other day to, to pinpoint where this came from, right? Because they can clearly see where, based on the impact where this would have come from, right? So the point is using this, and you can back check this for yourself. The blue dot is the, the point of location where this hit. The black line in the middle is where it's the most likely trajectory, and the, the gray lines are the room for error based on the mathematical equation. Bottom line is, even with the room for error, it undeniably came from Ukrainian-controlled territory. The Western press just run right, right over this. They don't even care. As it, and it explains it right there. Now, we've also pointed out, as Scott was pointing out before he was censored, regarding the, the, toch, the uh, Tochka U fired at the train station, get the serial number of the missile off the debris, which has happened, provide a list of all those rocket missiles and rockets at your inventory by serial number, prove that missile was never in your inventory. But you can't, because it was. Guilty. You know how easy it would be for them to do that? There's a reason that it hasn't happened. As it says here, of the two combatants, and this is true, only the Ukrainian army still uses these kind of missile systems. This was confirmed by pro-Ukrainian sources. And I'll show you some of this right now. It says, yes, Russia has some in inventory, but they were retired after transition to the ice scander in 2019. I'll show you that next. Now, just because that happened doesn't mean they couldn't have used them. You could even go as far as to argue, well, they used them so they could pretend they, you know, plausible deniability. You should consider that. But until you can prove that, it shouldn't be your resting narrative, should it? But that's what's happening. So, he also says, finally, there is no counter evidence offered by Ukraine, U.S., or NATO. There's just not. There's narrative and a lot of evidence showing it's, at the very least, completely suspect. And all they do is go, you're fake news, because Russia. Repeating, Russia also has those, and we assess it was likely Russia, and what motive does Ukraine have is not evidence. This is exactly what Lee Camp was just pointing at. This is subjective narrative, and they've already told you they're making stuff up to sell you on things. It says, and evidence is easy to provide if they really wanted to, as Scott Ritter pointed out. Now, here is Delanya. By the way, if you haven't seen the interview with Taylor Hudak, outstanding. She has another great interview coming uh, from with Willem uh, uh, Engel, the the, the uh, Dutch uh, in activist that was just arrested for speak for literally for speaking. Unbelievable! That'll be coming to you very soon. She says, "Why are journalists not tracking the serial number of the missile which killed fifty civilians? Even though, by the way, we now have it." You want to make sense of that? Where's all these great investigative mainstream journalists out there? The evidence is on the table. Why isn't anybody following it up? They're all just looking down to the next story, right? The serial number, which is almost identical to the serial numbers of Ukrainian Tocha you uh, used in previous attacks against Donbass, which I'll show you next. Even on Wikipedia, it admits the first incidence of this during the situation was fired by Ukraine. 
but yet we can't even wrap our minds around how it could have been that they would never do that. These open neo-Nazi extremists that you guys called that exactly that right before this started, they would never do that. Of course not. Why would extremists do extremist things? That seems crazy. It says Bellingcat already tracked Wagner passports. Why is it silent now? Because they're obvious propaganda and we should know that by now. Now here's the thing that she's quoting. This is the number of the rocket that shot down near DeBall in the year 2015. If you compare this number with the number of the rocket from Krom, uh, Krom, uh, I, I always do this. I looked these up before. People always give me a hard time for not pronouncing these properly. I do my best, but I, these some things are difficult. Kramatorsk. You can see that they are not just from the same series, but even the same military unit. That's, that's, it's just incredible. And yes, these things matter. Now, why would nobody follow up on this stuff? Now, here is the next video that I wanted to point out right here where it says, now, of course, it's, it's uh, in Russian, so therefore it has to be fake news, right? It says, information that eliminates all doubts about the involvement of the armed forces of Ukraine, so he says, in the missile attack on the railway station that was published by Western media. They removed the serial number of the missile launched by the armed forces of Ukraine, and it's SH-91579. As you can see right here, that's the, the bottom one. This made it possible to find confirmation that it was the APU that fired the Ukrainian forces. Uh, here, let me just play this for you. It's just basically the, the shot. Just so we're clear that this is legitimately what is on it. Okay. So here is in 2016... There's plenty of these you can find, by the way. Now, this is just on the record, right? So whether they said this just to cover it up five years ago, certainly possible. Our shiller units of Russia will replace the Tochka-U tactical missile with the Iskander M-TAS-128-11162. So 2016, on the record, they switched to something else. Now, which means they have them, obviously. But this is just one of many examples of why this doesn't really begin to add up. Or at the very least, why... Without evidence, why it doesn't make any sense why you would assume only one side of this story. Now, here is another point that I think is interesting. These are Soviet-era weapons. Now, just because that Soviet era doesn't mean some of the newer models are not like you might expect, like some super old thing. But nonetheless, still Soviet era, which you know why I found that interesting. I'll get to it in a second. The Soviet-era 9K79 Tochka U SRBM, which stands for Short Range Ballistic Missile System, is currently the mainstay of the Ukrainian Army's missile systems, which, by the way, is easy to look up. So I don't know why in the world that wouldn't be something that would matter in this conversation, as they just run roughshod over the entire thing and say, it's all Russia, it's all Russia, shut up. You say anything else, you're fake news, which is what they seem to be doing right now. Here is Sputnik. Who is the secret buyer of Ukraine's Grom tactical ballistic missile systems? This is back in 2016 as well. It says they're pondering who the Ukrainian secret foreign partners might be. Well, I think we know that now, don't we? There's no hiding that. The U.S. government has been involved since before, I mean, since 1948, when we're really being honest about it. Last week, the local media in Ukraine's region here launched a triad against authorities in Kiev for the latter supposed attempts to sabotage the creation of a new weapon. 
the Grom Short Range Ballistic Missile, the SRBM system. It, if created, it would be a Ukrainian analog to the Russian 9K72 Iskander. Here's where it says, expected to have a firing range of 280 kilometers. The system would replace the aging Soviet-era Tochka-U systems, com- currently used by the Ukrainian military. So again, these in this case, it are it is some aging Soviet-era ones. Now, I do, I, as I understand it, some of the ones used last by Russia weren't super, super so old, but they're still Soviet-era models, right? I'll, I'll, I think it's next where it says this. Uh, no, there's only one on this one. Then, but the other part was the same point, showing this is these are primarily used by the Ukrainian government right now. Now, next, this is an article from 2022, but March 20th, right? So before this start, before this train station incident, Ukraine fires OTR-21 Tochka ballistic missile again. Now, this is one that's disputed, first of all, but as you can see from this this report, it just says. Amid Russian aggression, Ukraine fired one of these missiles. So it seems like they are on, you know, leaning a certain way, but yet, yet still pointing out that Ukraine fired one of these missiles, which they clearly have, by the way. A video was circulated featuring the remains of a Ukrainian OTR-21 ballistic missile in the civilian port of Berdansk. Berdansk. Earlier on March 14th, Ukrainian forces launched a Tochka-U tactical missile into a Donetsk apartment building. Right, there's a lot of these examples. Tochka is also known as the SS-21 Scarab, Scrab, which is, I think, the, the NATO name for it. It says, in most recent Tochka U model, its most recent Tochka U model can transport a variety of warheads weighing up to 1,000 pounds over a range of up to 120 kilometers. It can be launched as a ballistic missile or as a cruise missile. So yeah, even the most recent model, even if the Soviet era is still, you know, not super, super old, but what we are talking about in regard to the Ukrainian military is these aging older versions. Now, here is the OTR-21 Tochka on Wikipedia, where it simply points out is, in fact, a Soviet tactical ballistic missile. And again, its NATO name is the SS-21 Skarab. Down here is what I find very interesting. This is just keeping track, apparently, since the beginning of this. Look at what it says on Wikipedia, for crying out loud. And apparently the, the Western press can't even... Do, I can't even look at Wikipedia, let alone anything else, to find out their information. Like, Not like you should be looking to Wikipedia for information, but e- even on Wikipedia it says this, and yet they just don't even care to consider that it could have been something else. On February 24th, to the day this all, the day before, or beginning of the day this started, Ukrainian forces launched a missile attack on Russian airbase in the Rostov Oblast using two Tochku ballistic missiles in response for the Russian invasion of Ukraine and to prevent further airstrikes by the Russian Air Force against Ukraine. The attack left one SU-30SM destroyed on the ground. Okay, this is not disputed. There's even links to their discussion of this. They said they launched Tochku ballistic missiles. So first, we know as a matter of fact that they have them, and it's the mainstay of their defenses. We then know that they definitely already used them against Russia in the beginning. Why in the world are we even quibbling about whether this could be possible? Because it just isn't their narrative. Then it goes on to say on February 24th, again, an N- uh, a, nine, a 9M79 Tochka missile was fired by Russian forces, right? But this is, again, the discussions back and forth about whether these are real. Because the first one is going to, the, technically the next one's disputed by one side. This is disputed by Russia. The argument is that this is not what happened. But this, I'm just saying this is bottom line. This is Wikipedia basically towing the line 
And the very first thing they tell you is the first incidents of these rockets or missiles were used by Ukraine. That seems pretty interesting. But take it for what you will. Russia disputes that this happened, that they killed children in this discussion. I don't even understand why it would make sense that they would bomb a building in the area they're trying to defend. But, you know, let's not quibble about it. On 14th of March, 2022, the Russian Federation, as Wikipedia says, and the government of the separatist Donetsk People's Republic blamed Ukrainian forces of launching another Tochka U missile, which killed 23 civilians and wounded 28 in Donetsk. The housing facility was supposedly used as a barracks for separatist forces. Okay, that's interesting, right? So they're almost sort of quietly arguing why it would make sense. Well, they were using it for forces, so we're not admitting it. But if we did, it made sense, right? Like it's, I love that kind of stuff. So yet again, there's another example of them claiming that they used this. Now, if that was supposedly Russia faking it, why wasn't that discussed? Why wasn't that a huge deal like this one is? Plenty of good questions. Then it goes on March 19th. Russian forces claim they shot down another missile. And it's weird they don't mention what kind it was because that is that kind and the, the, what we just read, Berdansk. So why would they leave out the fact that it was that missile? It's just odd, right? Because that's the whole point. That's what this is discussing. That's what this is discussing. So it's strange they just casually leave it out of that one point. On March 24th, the Russian Navy alligator-class landing ship docked at that port in Berdansk in Ukraine. It caught fire and sunk. The ship was likely hit by a Ukrainian Toshka U missile. There's not any kind of follow-up there. That's just straight up Wikipedia going, yeah, it was probably those missiles that we're pretending they're not using right now. Pretty pretty silly. Then finally, April 8th, the railway station that we're talking about, Kramastork, under Ukrainian control, was hit by two of the exact same missiles. At first, Russian media said it had hit a Ukrainian military target. Later, Russia falsely blamed Ukraine for the strike. Isn't it funny how they say falsely claimed? Like, they've already made their mind up, obviously. My point is, there are reports of the Russian media saying this. Now, when you dig into this, it's okay. Think about it like this. If CNN comes out and says something, does that automatically translate to the government said and meant this? There's plenty of times where CNN, Fox News, anybody else gets it wrong. Lies, manipulates. We know that. Or intentionally, anyway, the point is that when this came out and the information they're actually pointing at right there does not seem even remotely to back up what they were trying to frame it as, that the Russian government claimed they did this. This seems to be to be some kind of internal manipulation personally, or that they thought they got reports that turned out to be wrong. And by the way, they then, I mean, anyway, dig into you for yourself. Because it's not like the US, the, the Russian government stood up and said, we just bombed this area. That's not even remotely what that was. But on the other examples, That is what you're seeing. In three examples, you have Ukraine government saying, we use these rockets, missiles, we attack them, and yet now we're not even allowed to discuss whether it's possible? No, look, no one's debating whether Russia has these or might be using them, and for plausible deniability, that would make sense to me. But what we know for sure is that Ukraine also has them, and that they're very openly extremist, and said that they want to get rid of these people, and said that they're superfluous and should be exterminated, and then we just pretend like none of that matters. Oh, of course, don't forget that they've already admitted to you that they've secretly sent in Soviet-era weapons that they acquired secretly. And the Pentagon over the years has acquired them secretly as a part of a clandestine program. And now such weapons are going to Ukraine. Gee, that doesn't seem to perfectly connect or anything, that they literally are talking about Soviet weapons. They're literally using Soviet weapons and going, well, because they're Soviet weapons, Russia did it, even though Ukraine has those Soviet weapons that clearly came from the United States. I mean, this is just silly. This is just painfully obvious. Now, of course, I'm going to skip over this just because I don't feel like getting into it right now. 
This is one of these absurd fact checks. This came out on the 13th today. This is literally today. Did BBC report blame Ukraine for this bombing? Like what I pointed out is how ridiculous it was that they went out of their way to be like, we don't have enough evidence, even though in every other, literally every other example so far, they haven't needed even a shadow of an example. They just go, Ukraine says. And the first time they actually get what they want in regard to the chemical attack or the train station, they all act like, oh, well, we don't know. Now, I'm more talking about the chemical attack, obviously, but in this case, it's the same kind of thing, right? What do you mean, did they blame Ukraine for the... The point is, this is a whole article coming out acting like BBC said, it looks like it was Ukraine's rocket. And I think what they're doing here is getting ahead of how this is already coming out. What they're doing here is not fact-checking whether Ukraine could have done it, but fact-checking whether this video was actually made by the BBC. And guess what the video discusses? Exactly all the things we're talking about. I bet you they did this. So then all of a sudden they can point at it. And when they debunk this, they're not debunking whether the evidence is accurate in that video. They're debunking whether it was actually a BBC video. It's pretty easy to see how they do this stuff today. Now, I want to talk about some of the realities of on the ground stuff that are happening to people in the Donbass region, but everywhere else. People coming out of Mariupol telling you the exact opposite of what that U.S. stooge told you. I shouldn't say that, to be quite honest. I don't know whether she believes what she's saying or not, but I do 100% believe that she's being influenced by a very dangerous government. But here, to start off with, is another example. Actually, I forgot I wanted to follow this guy. Oh, I am. Okay, good. <clears throat> this is an interesting point. And I, I just, I don't want to, people to think that just because there's a video that I believe that it's real or not, I question all of this stuff. We question everything. But my point is the same. How many of these can you line up until you start realizing that it's far more based in evidence, far more logical to realize that the evidence on one side of this is overwhelmingly more sound than what we're seeing on the other side? Now, listen to what this guy is saying. Well, technically, actually, you know what? I'm not going to load it because it is in another language, but I'll just read it to you. As it says here, Ruben Gisbert, a Spanish lawyer. An independent journalist traveled to Donetsk, like plenty of other people are doing right now. Like Patrick Lancaster's been there. I mean, Eva Bartlett's been there covering this for years. It's obvious what's been happening. They're hiding it from you. But he traveled to report and denounce the crimes committed by the Ukrainian army against civilian populations. How many of these people are you going to keep pretending are complete shills or working for the government of Russia without any evidence to back up such a claim? Here's what it says. Many of the things I'm seeing are absolutely true. And the worst of what I'm seeing is that Spain is giving, wep uh, alongside other countries, weapons to the people who are murdering civilians with them. And this is a fact. Because there is only, it is only happening war crimes. It's not only war crimes. Hold on, what do you say? I'm trying to go fast here. Because there is not only happening war crimes. That's, that's what it said. For example, surrendered Russian soldiers, hand-tied, and with bags on their heads, are shot in their legs while alive. And by the way, there's videos of that, guys. And they'll have to die slowly. And that is on video today, for example. And I've been all afternoon in the cities. There's nonstop bombing. In my live report, you can see it. A, a bomb dropped in a residential building. The silence of the media and the will to create a single narrative creates a huge feeling of helplessness because they don't want to tell all the story. And most important, we may be like it happened in the most in, the, in its moment in Afghanistan, helping certain people who are trying to implement their own regime, trying to consolidate their power 
committing crimes against humanity. And those are facts. I have also seen screenshots of WhatsApp groups messaging from the Ukrainian nationalist side of Mr. Zelensky on which they ask for me to be localized because I'm here doing Russian propaganda to find me and basically to finish me off, to kill him. This has been happening eight years. And he's right, by the way. Don't forget the Atlantic Council wrote about this back before they were allowed to talk about it. How this was 2016-17. This was the U.S.-backed government that was murdering journalists. And there were journalists that were going, guys, why isn't the U.S. government doing something about this? And they were pointing at the Azov Battalion. But now it's all fake news. Is that interesting? It's obviously still happening. So they want to make something very clear. One thing are war crimes that for what it seems I have not verified it yet, but I may go tomorrow to a place and found soldiers who did not had applied to them. The Geneva convention. Okay. Basically. So murdering, like shooting people without any kind of due process or I mean, not, I, I argue that that just doesn't happen in any war for that matter, which is why wars are gross and all the governments abusing them are gross. But it says when the DPR or Russian troops have arrived to certain areas, they have found, Civilians, civilians, hand-tied, raped, tortured, piled up uh, for being pro-Russians. It's very different to get a soldier in the fa- in a fray of battle and do a barbaric act, but to deliberately take civilians because they think in a certain way, which is exactly what they're telling you guys, right? That's the point. What the journalist said, what the C-14 group said, what they're all telling you. They're speaking to you directly and saying these people are, deb- it's, it's everywhere. And abuse them, torture them, and exterminate them. So there isn't a current and ideology in a certain place. It's what I'm saying, and this is happening in the city of Mariupol. Right. So ask yourself this, guys. This is an independent journalist. You don't. You should just blindly trust him. But why would this person, with a background of being an investigative journalist, be less trustworthy than somebody who literally is directly tied to the U.S. government or working for USAID. I don't even understand how that would make sense to somebody. I just lost my place. Where are we? Here we are. So, next I want to show you, and in the interest of time, I'm going to include this link. I wanted this to be reasonably short today for us. <laughs> I'm going to include this link because this would seriously, I'm probably going to make a point to go through this in depth, like almost entirely. Because this is crazy. This was March 17th, Juan started this post. And has since then posted, I mean, multiple times a day. And it's just endless. Endless. There's also the NWO report on, on Telegram that I was shouting out the other day, who's doing the same thing. Just one after the other, just every single post. And I'm not saying we can prove every single one of them are our Exact, they're not lying or they couldn't have been manipulated. My point is that body of evidence is overwhelming. And they're, as I keep telling you, they're from, I mean, this was that Greek refugee that went back to Greece and the Greek media was telling you what she's saying and she's telling you what she saw. I mean, how do you dispute this stuff? It's just everywhere. They are telling you that the Ukrainian soldiers stopped them, manipulated them, robbed them, raped them. Did I mean, it's everywhere. Being attacked by the Ukrainian military. These are, this is Greek media reporting this in Greece. My point is this goes on and on. More witnesses of the Aza Battalion telling them they shelled civilian buildings, telling them the fascists are attacking their families. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And my point was different media outlets, different locations, different angles. I mean, it just doesn't stop. Nobody's being let up. Mariupol itself, we simply got lucky, right? How do you make sense of this? 
when you got one person tied to the U.S. government saying that it was only Russia. I mean, you know my opinion. At the very least, you should be considering both arguments. But you've seen a lot of these, right? We've shown you a lot of these. You've seen these on our channel. But just recognize, for those on the podcast, I mean, there's probably 100 plus examples here of individuals all saying the same thing from different locations. So I'll leave this in here. You guys can go through these for yourself. As I said, I'm going to come back and do more of a focus on this as we go forward. I've already shown you these over here. I'm actually going to, uh, same point, I'm going to skip past this today. I'm going to come back to this video in general. It was an interesting video done by this channel, The New Atlas. And he basically points out this video and how it's actually really interesting. I do want to go through this in depth. I'm not going to do it today. Where he points out the right sector and how the BBC is openly hiding information in their videos where these guys are Nazis, open Nazis. Not only, This is the right sector patch, but what he shows you is they go as far as to blank, to actually buzz out an open eagle Nazi symbol. Why would they do that? Why would they hide from you that this guy has a literal Nazi eagle on his arm? Because they know what they're hiding from you. They know what they're covering up. And of course, in the back, you can see different examples of different Nazis. That's SS Gabian, I believe. And it's, it's literally directly from a Nazi. It's a Nazi, Nazi uh, group and an SS. I mean, come on. And these are the people that are controlling this area. But he goes on to make some other really great points, one of which there's more symbolism and stuff. But here's one, one of the points I thought was really interesting is he points out what they're discussing from this uh, Haretz, or, yeah, Haretz article. And guess what it talks about? The Oh, this is one of the things he pointed out. The Waffen uh, Grandier Div- Division of the SS, also known as the 1st Galatian. That's the thing he was pointing at. But many of the division's troops were members of what? The Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists. Now, you should remember that, right? Because that was the group the CIA plucked out of obscurity using Mykola Lebed, who was a Nazi war criminal. He made him the leader of this group, made him the, the leader of the Prologue Company in New York. And from 1948 forward grew what then became, as you can still see, the group that was the impetus for all of this. This is this is a group that literally has direct ties to open, actual Nazis. And this is the group they've cultivated ever since 1948. And by the way, then transitioned into all of what they're leading and creating now. Azov, Italian, right sector, all of this stuff. It's just very obvious. Now, finally... Where this ends up, guys, here's the IMF pointing something interesting out. Beyond the humanitarian crisis of the war in Ukraine, all the world's regions will experience slower growth and faster inflation. I don't even understand how you would pretend that this one location and a war in this location would literally affect every single place on the planet, unless you're just conflating the Great Reset manipulations with this situation, just like you did with COVID-19. No, it wasn't COVID that destroyed your lives. It was their actions around it destroyed your lives, just like this. But just like with that, they'd love to blame whatever's in front of them and say, it's not that we're destroying everything to rebuild it. It's because Russia, Putin, bad guy, and all the inflation. Oh, your gas is high, Putin. Oh, your food costs more, Putin. <laughs> it's just it's just so childish. Higher food, and by the way, they admitted themselves, Pelosi with her stumbling discussions, admitted that the majority, Biden himself as well, the majority of this all started before this ever began. So how in the world can you keep blaming him for this? Yes, the war and these conflicts do have an effect. And, and uh, the two stars point in the chat, by the way, don't forget that Putin and the government of Russia are absolutely, to a large degree, invested in the Great Reset. That's my point here. But this is pointing out all of the issues that they're now going to blame on this situation. 
It says the Russian attack on Ukraine has caused a global food crisis. I can't even wrap my mind around how that would possibly make sense. So let me ask you this. Why would not the situation in Afghanistan or Iraq or Syria or any other of these locations that are just completely overrun with constant 10 decades of conflict? Why didn't we have this until now? Are we really going to pretend like just Ukraine? Just Ukraine is supplying all this for the world, and because of what they're doing, everything's locked down? No, this is because of what they've done around it, because of the sanctions and the, t- and the attacks and the freezing of assets and, and everything else around COVID and the Great Reset. They're just blaming it on this. They're couching it on this situation. Greenland corridors must be open to bring Ukraine anything needed. Yeah, and through that, we'll, of course, funnel in weapons and manipulations and chemicals and biological stuff, and you know, like they do everywhere else. Like they got caught for doing in Venezuela. We pretend didn't happen because we're children, right? Obviously, guys. Now, while that's going on, the White House is warning of extraordinarily elevated March inflation. Fantastic. <laughs> now, obviously, this is, this is, you know, my point is this is going forward, guys. They're warning about overwhelming inflation. They're just getting it in your mind. For whenever they decide to keep the, the whole point about all this is to destroy this, to show you how this just doesn't work. What you've been using your, it just doesn't work anymore by actually making sure that it doesn't work so that we can then be led by the nose into what they want to create. Now here is Klaus Schwab openly telling you simultaneously, but independent of the Ukraine war, except he sort of mentions the situation ultimately saying that the great reset and what we're doing will affect all of this stuff. Okay, so if he's literally at the same time telling you that this, not connected to this war, is going to affect all the things they're currently telling you this war is doing, why wouldn't we ask whether that's actually what's causing it? We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. Right. Okay. So if we know that, is it not possible that everything that's happening is because of your guys' great reset and reimagination our world? Nah. Who cares that he literally said that? Let's just focus on Putin because Putin bad guy. Simple. Right? Simple. Here is MS and or you know uh, the Western press. I think this is the Daily Beast arguing I just wanted to make sure we saw that they're already setting the table for the most important election of your lifetime, which is the, whatever the next one is tomorrow. Whatever the next, every single time. I know we say this every time, but this one really is the most important election of your lifetime. They say it every time. <laughs> just every, literally every time. Mark my words, they're going to say it again. And if they don't, it'll be because they're probably listening to what we're saying. The point is, Russia airs ultimate revenge plan for America which I'm sure we can totally take that at face value, that this is absolutely Russia believes, and this is their plan, their secret revenge plan that all of the Western press knows about, right? Totally makes sense. A rush, it says, as Russia's war of aggression, because that's what it is, obviously, can, and even though they've clearly gone out of their way to not just run rush shot over the entire country, but it's obviously about aggression, continues to ravage its neighbor. Again, <laughs> the way they frame this is childish. Its Kremlin propaganda apparatus has been more blatant than ever before it in outlining the country's goals for its biggest nemesis, the U.S. More blatant than ever. In fact, what they mean by more blatant than ever is that when he says, you know, 
we love democracy and we want to fight for this. They go, oh, we know what he means. Wink, wink. He's going to invade our elections. You know, it's like it's dumb stuff like that. Just like when they all argue that he threatened chemical weapons and Zelensky literally just said that. That's completely made up. Cut from whole cloth. He never said that. What they say is that that's what he meant. And that's just dumb. Now, maybe he did mean that, but there's no way they know that. It's just about the narrative. Now, my point is, in what way is he being more blatant about, like, they're actually arguing over there going, here's our goal for screwing up all of America. That would be blatant. Not even remotely is that being stated, but they want you to think this. This is like when Whitney discusses the romanticizing the love affair between conservatives and Putin. That is wildly ridiculous because they say the exact opposite. But what they do is go wink, wink. That's what they mean because they're all white supremacists, right? Because we all know Putin's playbook. They're children. But my point is that they're using this to float the next point. Last week, American intelligence officials, oh, because we know we can trust them because they've gotten everything right, clearly, reportedly assessed. (laughs) I love that. Apparently, they don't even know for sure. Apparently, these officials reportedly said maybe they thought possibly that they could do something. I just love how garbage these people are. So did they report it or not? Did they assess it or not? They reportedly assessed that Russian propaganda, excuse me, Russian President Vladimir Putin may use the Biden administration's support for Ukraine as a pretext to order a new campaign to interfere in U.S. elections. Wow. Talk about, where is the evidence? Not even proof, just evidence. There are, the evidence, like, Ned Price would tell you, is that we know what he likes to do. The evidence is that we know Putin would use this and will, and that means he's already doing it. How did we even get here? How did we get to a point where it was this ridiculous? I mean, because it really hasn't been this bad. This is just silly. Again, I'm not even saying that's not true, but they don't know that. If they had even a sliver of anything that would back it up, they would be screaming at you about it right here. That's it. So because... We know what's happening in Ukraine, and they know we know. They're going, well, he may try to use it just like they used the truth during the other election. Don't forget that. Remember? Their argument was literally that they're using the truth to manipulate you. So it's not manipulation. In fact, it's honesty. And you don't like that they're being honest about what's actually happening and how that would undermine what we want you to think. They basically, not basically, they admitted that. They just simply said, if you listen to what Russia's telling you, even if it's the truth, you're being influenced by Russia and you should... That's crazy. It says, though AP reported that, quote, it is not yet clear which candidates Russia might try to promote or what methods it might use. So we literally know yet nothing. Russian state media seem to be in agreement that former U.S. President Donald Trump remains Moscow's candidate. Okay, so the media said that. Okay, so that means Putin said that. So when when Brian Stelter hobbles up there and says something, does that mean Biden said that? You see what I mean? Like, this is just childishly stupid. But the point overall is that they're going, they're already affecting the elections, right? Every one of them all the time. Never, there's never even, they, Russiagate was completely, utterly torn apart. But here we are, right back in it. Oh yeah, Rachel Maddow is still going to town. Even though she bet her entire career on that, was shown to be an utter fool and is bigger than ever. What does that show you? Finally, guys. The U.S. plans to expand the battlefield intelligence that is providing Ukraine's forces. Another red line. So they can attack Russian units in Donbass and Crimea. Right. So you're literally talking about bombing the very area that's been ethnically cleansed and bombed in eight years. 
And you're talking about giving them more intelligence. Now the U.S. government is actively stepping into this war, even though they've been there from the very beginning. But they're on the on paper, on the surface, saying we're now going to provide them intelligence just like they were doing in Yemen. So now every time we see these one of the atrocities take place, we already have to remember, and it's already been that way, that the U.S. government's fingerprints are all over it. Because just like they guided the Saudi airstrikes and weapons and, and armed them and funded them, and as they completely continued to ethnically cleanse the Yemeni people, it's the same thing here. Now they're just telling you that. So ask yourself why this wouldn't be a cross, a crossing red line. It is. So this is going to drive more action. And when they do, they're going to blame Russia as if this didn't even happen because they're children. President Biden announced his administration is authorizing an additional $800 million for weapons, ammunition, and other security assistance. Another close to billion dollars coming out of your pocket when Americans are struggling and have been since during COVID and even right now more. Inflation's through the roof. Gas prices are crazy. And they're taking $800 million more. Billions have flown over there. Do we vote for this? Do people want this? I mean, this is incredible. After, it seems like after COVID, they're just, there's just a blank check here. They don't even care what you think anymore. And they never did. But this is just flowing over there. These are open neo-Nazi groups, guys. And they are sending money there, weapons there, right now. Here is the point, or the, the, the release from today. Statement by President Joe Biden on a call with Zelensky. I just spoke with President Zelensky and shared with him that my administration is authorizing an additional $800 million in weapons and ammunition. The Ukrainian military has used the weapons we are providing to devastating effect. You're damn right they have. They're murdering people. As Russia prepares to intensify its attack on the Donbass region. What are we talking about? You see what I'm saying? Like this idea, there's definitely conflict around the area. But the way that they're focusing this in on the Donbass region, they're framing this for people that don't know what's going on as if Russia is invading Donbass. Like they're just conflating the entire issue. What's ultimately happening is the people of the collective Donbass region are fighting back against this ethnic cleansing that's been going on for eight years, and Russia is there protecting them. The, the war map, even on their stuff, makes that clear. It goes on to say, this new package, or excuse me, it says, as Russia prepares to intensify its attack on these people, even though they're defending them, the United States will continue to provide Ukraine with the capabilities to defend itself. Right, to defend itself. Now, this is the problem. Right. We are talking about you, Russia, clearly pushing into this country. Right. But what's ultimately continuing to happen is changing the situation from defending itself to quite a bit different than that, especially when you're carrying out false flags, when you're using, I mean, all sorts of dirty tactics. But then also recognize that they drove this to reality. Again, if you can't admit that to yourself, even if you believe Russia's in the wrong, even if you believe they're murdering all the civilians, you still have to admit they made this happen. They kept poking them in the eye. They kept flying sh uh, pl uh, jets right up to their borders. I mean, it happened every moment, and we covered it until it started. And it was still called fake news, even though it's obviously real. This new package of assistance will contain many of the highly effective weapon systems we have already provided, in addition to the Soviet air weapons you didn't want us to know about. We've already provided a new capabilities tailored to the wider assault we expect Russia to launch. These new capabilities, and here's what's funny. I guess they've just given up on pretending they're in Kiev, right? Because that didn't happen. So they're recognizing now that Russia is doing what they said they were going to do in the beginning, which is whether or not that's true. That's what's visually happening. They said, we're not going to invade the entire country. They said, we're only doing this strategically to get rid of this threat. And we're you know, protecting Crimea and Donbass. And clear, based on what's happening, that seems to be what's happening. 
So now they just go, oh, well, give up on pretending that's happening. If we keep bombing in there, it's going to become obvious that we're not, that we're the ones bombing in Kiev. So my opinion is they're just going to switch over to pretend they're now attacking the area that they've been defending the whole time. Probably suggest they're going to carry out some disgusting actions there, which they already have. These new capabilities include artillery systems, artillery rounds, armed personnel carriers. Yeah, in open neo-Nazi hands. Good job, guys. By the way, these are the same people that they pretended they stopped arming in the, the last time they sent arms. They literally pretended, or they did add words, to uh, you know, verbiage that said we wouldn't arm them, but the Pentagon removed that. Let's see if I can pull that up. Probably the last one to bring it up. Let's see. Shoot. Uh, let's see. What was the title of that? Ah, shoot. I'll look it up later. That's going to drive me crazy. In any case, we talked about it last time in regard to, oh, you know what I can do? This is easy. Right here. That's why I keep that handy dandy little cheat sheet there for you guys. Congress has removed a ban on funding neo-Nazis from its year-end spending bill. So that, that's two, that's two right now. <clears throat> Well, obviously, every year a spending bill changes, but the point is that they've continued to arm those people and with the allowance to go directly to the Aza Battalion. So on the record, they go, we can't arm them. They're dangerous. And then they quietly allow it. What does that show you? I mean, for crying out loud, this has never been more obvious. Here's the link for it right here. Or it looks like I, that, oh, that was the one I forgot to include. Oh, no, it was right here. That's the one right there. I'll include that and this. So there it is. 2016 under pressure from the Pentagon. So they're arming the same people right now. Now they just, they just changed their tune about what they really are. They went from dangerous neo-Nazis that are threatening an international spread of white supremacy that we're going to blame on you guys. And then went to, well, now they're fighting for freedom. So we won't talk about that anymore. I've also approved, he says, the transfer of additional helicopters. In addition, we continue to facilitate the transfer of significant capabilities from our allies and partners around the world. Yeah, so it's long since passed. It's obvious that they're completely involved. Let's not pretend like the U.S. government is not utterly and entirely involved in this war. That's what's happening. It's on the record. It's very obvious. The steady supply of weapons the United States and its allies and partners have provided to Ukraine has been critical and made sure this would continue to hurt people, right? This would have been over by now if they weren't doing that. Now, of course, they argue that means more people would have been killed, but that's not what's happening. I think that's pretty obvious. It says, it has helped ensure that Putin failed in his initial war aims. Well, that doesn't seem clear at all, because what he said his aims were are exactly what's happening. And you could argue that he lied about that, but I haven't seen anybody prove that. You don't just get to pretend like he won because he didn't go to a place he said he wasn't going to go to, right? I mean, that's pretty stupid. That's what they do. We cannot rest now. As I assured Zelensky, the American people will continue to stand with them. No, your fake government discussions will. The American people are pretty aware of what's really going on. That's my opinion. But to finally finish this up, I found this to be pretty interesting, and this seems to be where I keep telling you guys this is going. German police, this is today, bust right-wing group planning attack on energy grid. Well, this seems interesting. Investigators in Germany say an extremist chat group planted bombs, planned bombs, bomb attacks to knock out power nationwide. Sounds like a beginnings of a cyber pandemic. Right? It ties back to a right wing group that's tied back to the German discussion. I mean, this is the Azov Battalion International Arm, guys. This is what I'm talking about. West, police in Western uh, the state of Rhineland Palatinate, I've heard that, say they have broken up a right wing extremist chat group that was seeking to bring down Germany's democracy. Isn't that interesting? 
My point is that this is going to continue to build, guys. And the whole point of this, some 800 people raided locations tied to a neo-Nazi group's Autumn Waffen Division. Right, that is directly tied to the Azov Battalion. And tied back directly to groups that are built by the U.S. government, the CIA. It's obvious. These people that have been put in these positions, I've gone over all this in the show. That does not mean, by the way, that there aren't people within these groups that are completely what you might think that they are. But this is being used by your government. So ask yourself if we can point this out. I mean, here's the clip that what I've been showing you right here is the reality. This is one of the experts on the topic before all this started, like right in the beginning of 2022, telling you that there is already an international arm. The movement has gone international. How can it be an international group threatening a, a white supremacy army everywhere and then 30 seconds later become a small little faction that's not even important anymore? You see how stupid and obvious that is? Because something shifted and they didn't want you to see what, what they were building. But here, the Germans, right? The German neo-Nazi third path. So, I believe this is going to continue to build. And this these kind of things will be used to frame it the way they want it to look. But right now, it's pretty uncomfortable for them, right? To see this kind of stuff happen when they're literally arming the group that ties directly to this right now. Now here, was on Disclosed TV. From Gab, by the way, pointing out the German police raid a neo-Nazi group for allegedly planning bomb attacks on an energy grid. And I believe that's what this is going to become. The framing of who they want to frame for what that is, even if it ends up pointing at the Azov Battalion and acting like they're just unwittingly manipulated or however they want to go about this, but it's obvious this is still going. This is building right in front of us, and I believe it's going to come to a head very soon. Finally, U.S. warns hackers have developed cyber tools to compromise and gain full access over command and control networks and systems of certain industrial processes. Well, that's perfect, directly from CISA. Or, this is an easy way to be like, when we carry something out, we can go out, or they, they use those tools we said they could use to take over. It wasn't us. Also, don't forget the Vault 7 admissions where we found out they had everything they needed a long time ago to carry out cyber attacks and leave the fingerprints of whoever they wanted. Iran, Syria, right? We know this stuff. WikiLeaks admitted this or revealed this with their leaks. And now they're just going, oh, by the way, they have tools somewhere that they basically take control of everything. Well, gee, that when tomorrow when something happens, that'll be pretty prescient, won't it? Well, why don't you do something about it? <laughs> Obviously, this is building. There's a narrative building right in front of us. All the information is there. It's just about whether you're willing to put aside politics for facts. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Continue to spread the information. It's just never been this obvious. We'll keep pushing, as always. Because you guys inspire me every day, like yesterday. When you come to these moments where you're struggling with things, and you guys bring me back because I'm, I'm inspired every day for how much the people in this community continue to support each other and how information flies back and forth. And half the time, you guys, we, T-Lab, are ahead of most everybody else. And that's not just, it's not because of just me or just our group. It's because of you guys. It's because of the open source information and discussion, which as always, I credit James Corbett's model because that's where it came from. And I just think it's important that we give credit where credit is due. I love you all, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.